for future economic trends. This is BizTalk. Hello and welcome to this episode of EconTalk Kickstart 2023 on CGTN. I'm Michelle Vandenberg. And today we're going to talk about the hottest topic that's in literally every conversation you have, AI and of course, ChatGPT. So why is this getting so much attention? How disruptive is it? And what's the future looking like for AI? Joining us today are three distinguished guests. Yu Yang, Assistant Professor of Institute for Interdisciplinary Information Sciences at Tsinghua University, join us online. Hello there, Professor Yu. And we Hi. also have Amy Wei, Senior Director of Product Management at Trip.com Group, and Yu Kai, Professor of Shanghai Jiaotong University and also co-founder of AI Speech, are here in the studio with us. Welcome. So, you know, this is such a hot topic right now. Let's first talk about why is this uh, ChatGPT is such a, a game changer. Why, you know, is it because of the technology? Is it because of the consumer product? It's a consumer product for AI. And why don't we start with our online guest, uh, Professor Yu? This is a very important question. Okay, uh, ChatGPT is a game changer because of two reasons. Uh, first, ChatGPT um, is a new type of digital infrastructure. And uh, I must say, it is not the only uh, such digital infrastructure. Uh, before ChatGPT, generally speaking, every AI model is trained for one task. And uh, uh, ChatGPT's uh, model can uh, simultaneously uh, implement multiple tasks. And at the same time, ChatGPT can be hired by uh, the companies in many industries and even benefit the research and entrepreneurship. So, uh, in fact, a lot of uh, uh, entrepreneurship in the U.S. has already based on this kind of larger pre-trained model. So, ChatGPT is um, uh, it show us a new type of AI-based digital infrastructure that can benefit many industries, research, and uh, and entrepreneurship. So, all these kind of characteristics show us in the future. Um, so every country must have such a, uh, a digital infrastructure uh, to support the uh, uh, economic growth and the technology innovation. And Professor Yukai, you're an entrepreneur yourself. You've co-founded um, AI Speech. And so, so for, for the ones, uh, ones that don't really understand the background of this, so what's the technology behind ChatGPT? I know it's, like a, it's probably like a lecture, but you know, in a short period of time, to explain to us what's the background, uh, what's the technology behind it? What makes it so human-like? Right, yeah. Uh, ChatGPT uh, it itself is a generative, generative AI model. Mm -hmm. It's not a discriminative AI model so it can generate content and i think that is very important why people think it has large potential mm -hmm. uh, in terms of technology actually three things make uh, ChatGPT smart the first one is we call it a, a big model or large model large language model mm -hmm. llm is the first technology uh, ChatGPT has about 175 billion parameters it's like it has a pretty much a strong mind, yeah, like a like a, a person, a, like a person, <laughs> yeah, but more than a person. But in terms of this technology, it's just like a, a baby person. Oh. It, it's not really a, a adult. So the second step is called instruction tuning. Mm. Basically, people feed instruction data, transcribe instruction data to train the model, mm. so that it can accept human instruction. But 
to this extent, it's like it get a teacher to, to teach the baby. So the baby grow up. And the third one is called RLHF, Reinforcement Learning with Human Feedback. It's basically make ChatGPT talk to a function uh, produced by human so that it can align with the culture of the society. So those three technologies make it quite smart. Mm -hmm. And Amy, some people are saying that uh, um, ChatGPT for AI is like what Netscape was like for internet. Um, to what extent do you agree with that? How disruptive do you think it is? I think to my perspective, I tend to agree in 100%. Because for me, um, I'm, I'm working on the internet industry. So it's something like a moment that when jobs um, they, they showed the iPhone with the touch screen. Yeah. So the ChatGPT uh, like technology can be the infrastructure that build uh, such kind of capability that a lot of things are able to do. For instance, it can be a very efficient tool that for those users, whenever they try to search something, previously you search the specific term in the search engine, but now you can ask any what question. Mm -hmm. It can understand all the long sentence and provide you the result. As for a uh, company, it also can be very efficient too. They will help to generate the content. As Professor Yu just mentioned, it's a generative one. Mm -hmm. So it's able to generate their, their uh, tags for marketing or sometimes even associate their, the, the meeting summary, etc. So it can be a very, very efficient tool, both for the consumer and for the company. And in terms of applications, what comes to mind the first? What do you think will be the first applications for ChatGPT? Well, content generation, all mm -hmm. kinds of content generation. For, exa for example, it could be uh, like C-Trip uh, uh, advertisement, uh, or yeah. itinerary plan, or maybe law document, mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think for the uh, use case, the, the most use case I can see now is the, the, the marketing purpose. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of the collaterals that you need to generate for a, an article or for some kind of advertisement words. It's a shorter or no longer one, but you just tell ChatGPT what kind of text you want mm -hmm. and in what format it will able to generate for you. And for the cheap industry that like the itinerary that you might need some kind of specific question, like it's a five day trip in Shanghai or seven days in, in London. And is it a leisure one or is it for with the family? So it just helps you to give her some kind of very specific text-based itinerary. It's mm -hmm. very, very helpful. Very wide application. What about you, Professor Yu? Uh, I think this, uh, I think this is uh, opportunity for education uh, to, and also other public uh, services like the uh, even the uh, health uh, health medical part because uh, uh, you know from the education perspective I, uh, even though many universities has forbidden the use of ChatGPT nowadays but in the future I think ChatGPT is uh, can be a very good assistant uh, for the uh, for the education. For example, for those people who are not native uh, English students, uh, it is a good way for them to practice uh, and improve their uh, writings uh, uh, with the help of these kind of tools. Yeah. Well, as a computer scientist and engineer, I, mm -hmm. I want to add a few cents. Uh, actually, one special ability of ChatGPT is to generate code. Mm -hmm. So it can be used as a programmer. Tool, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's very, very uh, strong ability. And OpenAI started as a nonprofit, right? And, but it's not anymore. Mm -hmm. And what do you think is the danger of OpenAI and, and ChatGPT? Well, the danger is it can evolve. Mm 
this report saying that it has passed the, the so-called Turing test. Mm -hmm. Basically, um, a human cannot distinguish it um, from real human beings. So it, it, it can bring uh, lots of fake, well, it, I mean, it could, mm -hmm. has the possibility to, to bring lots of fake, fake facts mm -hmm. or fake news. So that is a, a big danger. Anyone wants to add to that? Uh, I think this is, uh, this is uh, from economic perspective, there's an uh, uh, important thing that is OpenAI or DeepMind is a new type of uh, research institution uh, or research organization, which is uh, not the conventional universities, which is non-profit, which is not the conventional enterprises, uh, which can tolerate uh, a high risk, uh, a, highly, high, a high business risk. And uh, the question is uh, whether they should be allowed to be profit-seeking. This is a market regulation uh, uh, question. Okay, so this requires research from regulatory economy or industry organization uh, uh, research to verify when this kind of new type of research institution is allowed uh, for profit-seeking. Now, the emergence of ChatGPT has caused a lot of debate in China as well. Now, China is a world leader in AI patents, and a number of tech companies like Alibaba, JD.com, NetEase, and Tencent joined the AI wave with product announcements. So now we come to this billion-dollar question. Everybody is talking here in China, right? Will China be able to make the equivalent of ChatGPT? I would say in one, uh, one or two years, we will have our own version of uh, ChatGPT, but uh, ChatGPT itself is evolving. Uh -huh. So it's not just to build a large language model that easy. We have to use it so that the ChatGPT uh, version, uh, the Chinese version of ChatGPT, can also evolve. But this requires a you know huge amount of investment upfront, right? And a lot of computing power, a lot of uh, data analysis capabilities. Is China up for that? What about you, Professor Yu? You know, there's no doubt China will have our own uh, ChatGPT very soon because uh, technology perspective, we have prepared all those kind of technologies already. The ChatGPT just sh uh, show a very smart way of combining multiple uh, frontier technologies together to generate a very useful tools for many industries as an uh, infrastructure. I think the most important thing for us to ask is uh, what, what other type of uh, AI-based digital infrastructures. You know whether China can, you know, figure out those kind of uh, uh, other AI-based digital infrastructures as soon as possible. I think this is a key question. Uh, it's really hard for universities to, you know, to build up these kind of infrastructures. And on the other side, it is uh, highly risky. That means uh, it, it, it not necessarily success. So it's really hard for conventional enterprises to invest it. So this is, uh, you know, this is a dilemma. Uh, and we can see uh, OpenAI or DeepMind, these kind of uh, institutions, they are not conventional universities. They are uh, also not the conventional enterprises. We can call them new type of research institution. Do we have such research institution? Uh, I must say yes, during last five years, China already tried to build uh, their own new type research institution like uh, Beijing has Zhiyuan Institution. And uh, this kind of institution 
is a hybrid model between the traditional uh, conventional universities and the conventional enterprises. You know, we have a very uh, strong uh, governmental capability. Uh, government have a lot of uh, uh, capability, not just um, uh, capital capability, but also labor capability to invest for this kind of uh, 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 this kind of uh, big project. What do you guys think that China um, needs to do to kind of um, promote innovation and also help with these institutions and help with these the development of new things? So in the future, there, there will be other products that are uh, disrupting, are game changing. Uh, how can China be able to, you know, be that game changer in the future? I think we probably need more patience and uh, a culture which support uh, fundamental innovation. When we say innovation, we can split it into zero to one innovation or one to n innovation. China, in the past years, we've been uh, good at uh, getting like one to n innovation, but for zero to one fundamental innovation, it, it is highly risky mm. uh, and it requires lots of resources. So to, to do that, we need more time as well. So either government or the society um, I, I think should be more patient, yeah. and uh, we need to have the culture to, uh, to 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 embrace failure, not just success. Yeah, yeah. Chat GPT didn't come up in one day, right? OpenAI has been there for a long time, and yeah. they had a long time of preparation. Even when GPT three comes out, yeah, people tend to Nobody, criticize. Yeah. tend to criticize, not really think it's a game changer. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how can we have more patience? That's the thing. What what you know needs to be done to change. The, the, the situation here in China? How can people be more patient? How can we have a, you know, 10 years and have nothing and have the very high potential of failure, but still um, be able to invest, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the money and the, the human capital into something that could potentially be disruptive? You know, we, we already have a very fast speed during last 10 years mm -hmm. uh, uh, in, our, in our academic research. But uh, I must, uh, uh, you know, remind the policymaker and the public, we should patient so that uh, guarantee that uh, our uh, uh, investment, not, 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 not only the governmental physical investment, but, but also the business investment can get sufficient economic uh, uh, return. So yes, we should uh, invest a little bit more for the very fundamental research, yes. But I must emphasize, we still need a lot of investment on the uh, application uh, research, and uh, we should have uh, should invest a lot of things for this kind of uh, scenario innovation. Very That's good my point. point. Yeah, very much more cost effective this way, right? And yeah. Amy, from a private sector point of view, what's your thoughts on innovation in China? I think the innovation can be uh, differentiated by the from zero to one and one to one to n. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for the private sector, we are much better in replicate those new technology and just trying to build a beautiful product mm -hmm. for our consumer, which is from one to n. Private sector are very uh, smart or mm -hmm. very sensitive to find a way that works the best use for that kind of technology and an uh, academic, that kind of institute that able to commit and able to develop some kind of from zero to one, that kind of inno innovation. With that combined private sector uh, academy efforts, I think we are in a much good position in the world that we are able to to develop some of the truly innovative technology and also make the best use of them. Mm -hmm. I actually want to add a few cents. 
because uh, when, when we say innovation, also yeah. research, it's always problem driven. I'm not seeing any fundamental research is, is uh, not planned. Actually, all research are planned. So we, we need to have the, uh, the, the, the ability to identify good problem. When I do my research, uh, since I'm also the chief scientist of EIS Beach, actually, we try to find problem from real world application, but define it as a scientific problem. After we solve the scientific problem, we have solved a lot of uh, real, real problems uh, in, in our application. So actually find the good problem is it, quite vital. So let's talk a little bit about the bigger picture, right? China is a big AI country. We've been talking about AI for many, many years, and we have a lot of uh, investment and very focused. The government also very uh, focused on the development of AI. Um, how is AI and digital economy going to transform China, and how important is it? I think the AI can be a very broad term. Currently, we're talking about the uh, ChatGPT is the language model, mm -hmm. in, in fact. But if you, you talk about the auto automobile driving is also part of AI, yeah. which China is really strong of. Mm -hmm. So I, back to what I just said, I think in China we have very good foundation for this kind of innovation. It's only at this moment we talk about the language model-based AI, but only all the other areas, and we already made pretty good use and also have a very good product for them. Now, another question that's very popular, everybody's asking, is how disruptive is AI, uh, and in particular ChatGPT, is for the labor market? You've mentioned that you know China will be facing some labor shortages, but will ChatGPT, would it take jobs? Will it create jobs? Or will it happen one first and then the other? Well, think about that. Uh, when people invent car, mm. uh, and we lost some, some kind of jobs, but we create, okay. create new jobs. Well, for ChatGPT, uh, obviously, uh, it, it is quite disruptive, but uh, I think uh, it will also create new jobs as well. For example, uh, nowadays there's a, a new job called uh, Prompt Engineer. Uh, it, it's basically uh, to ask questions to ChatGPT so that it can generate content. Mm -hmm. But that's not just to create such kind of uh, jobs. I think uh, uh, the regulation from society is also quite important. So we probably need to have new policies to, uh, to seriously address the problem of labor shortage mm -hmm. uh, and also the problem of uh, like uh, ChatGPT can replace uh, human, many human labors. Mm -hmm. So for, uh, for policy in terms of uh, getting a new stipend or maybe uh, some, some, some kind of new investment is quite necessary. Mm -hmm. What about you, Amy? How dis disruptive is it for, especially the white-collar labor market, isn't it? Yeah, I agree with Professor Yikai just mentioned. There will be new type of work will mm -hmm. be generated because this kind of tool are able to help people like, like the coding. Yeah. Those people, if they do not have the, the skill of writing a coding, but now they are able to ask ChatGPT for certain type of the, the specific question and their ChatGPT can write a pattern for them and to get those data they need. In previous, you might need to master a scale of coding. We are able to get that. In that context, I think a lot of people are able to do a lot more things uh, with the, the help from ChatGPT without the limitation of certain um, the, the skills they, they lack of previously. And Professor Yang, how do you make sure that the, the, your students don't write their essays from 
get their answers from ChatGPT. To tell you the truth, I'm not worried about whether students write essays uh, by using ChatGPT. Okay, because uh, we have other means to verify whether they already well learned the knowledge they should learn. Okay, so it, for example, during the final examinations, they cannot use ChatGPT, and uh, they will know. <laughs> if, you know, they will pay, they will they will pay the cost of using ChatGPT during doing homework. Uh, I want to emphasize one thing is um, we should rethink our education uh, during this kind of AI era. For example, yeah. when uh, ChatGPT uh, penetrated into our education system, nowadays we only can forbidden forbidden the use of it uh, uh, at first. But we should try to figure out how can we use it to improve uh, our uh, our course, to improve, uh, to help the student to learn uh, more quickly and efficiently. This is the one point of thing. The second thing is, as the other two guests mentioned. Some career will disappear. Some career will generated, and some career associated skill changed. So the education system should be adjusted to,、um, you know, guarantee students can learn the tools they should have when they when they enter the job、uh, labor market. Won't AI code for themselves from now on? Do we still need coders in the future? And that brings a very interesting question of what kind of talents. Do we need going forward, right? Because this current education system all over the world, and especially in China,、um, are preparing us for industrialization, for not for the AI generation. The ChatGPT, I think, the essence is still、um, a language model.、Mm-hmm. So it uses the static, a statical、um, the the data to generate the answer. But I think the real world, there's so many new questions、mm-hmm. coming up. And it still requires the human intelligence. We trying to figure out that how we are able to solving that. It's not only about that you repeat the the previous answer, but you need to to creativity to to come up with something that is is new and able to to bring a a smarter way to to solve it.、Yeah. Exactly. So that's so creativity, basically, is now the key, right? To it's the differentiator between, between. the. Machine, machine and, and human. Yeah. Yes. So, and, and but I want to add one point that、uh, you know, yes,、uh, creative. I fully agree with、uh, the uh, professor Yukai and、uh, the other guests、uh, that the creativity plays a very important role.、Uh, and at the same time, people should not worry a lot about the、uh, the labor market. We still need a lot of other job opportunities like the、uh, labeling workers. Okay. And uh, uh, like ChatGPT, we need a lot of people to do the fact checked because、uh, ChatGPT can uh, uh, you know generate a lot of fabric stories, fully, completely, complete, completely faked <laughs> information. And uh, uh, you know uh, uh, in, they, they can create the you know research articles uh, which n- never、uh, you know exist. So that means we le- we 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 need a lot of these kind of、uh, you know、uh, workers to figure out whether the the、uh, generative content is、uh, is 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 true information or like the images they generate wh- whether they will violate the the regulations and the rules. So we 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 need a lot of、uh, these kind of workers too. So uh, uh, as Professor Yukai mentioned. Uh, 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 we we should train a student to、uh, work with AI. So there's multiple uh, uh, skills we need to work with AI. This is the point I want to add.
we just talked a little bit about the limitations of ChatGPT, right? There are still things that you know AI cannot do and cannot replace humans, but that's changing quickly too. What do you see? You know, how do do you see AI developing in the next ten years? How fast? How how much changes are we going to see? I think from the private sector, I can see、um, maybe AI will be the infrastructure and will connect with most most industry. So everything you are able to. Uh, master the 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 capability generated by the AI that you you make some use of it. So this is one of my 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 imagination in the future. The other point is that I think the the way of communication and interaction with machine will be changed. For instance, I think the coding is previous the way that a coder. Communicate with their machine, but nowadays we are able to using the natural language、mm-hmm. to tell them what what we want to do. If we add the ChatGPT type of capability with the、uh, speed to text or text to speed, we are able to using the verbal language to communicate with their、um, machine to do the things. And of course, the logical capability, the ChatGPT is able to understand what we actually asking for, and then the the. Total conversation and communication, the interface will be changed from from now on.、Mm-hmm. Well, I think、uh, from the technology viewpoint, ChatGPT is、uh, going to change our way of information searching,、uh, or we can say knowledge searching.、Uh, in terms of knowledge searching, we probably、uh, just need to ask one questions, and we get right back、uh, the correct answer. Currently, it's not ac- accurate, but gradually、uh, it will be. It will but be, yeah. but more importantly, ChatGPT. Uh, it's not just a language model.、Mm. Well, now it is a language model, but I would say in ten years,、mm. it's not just a language model. It could be a protocol between information world and physical world. So ChatGPT will be linked to、uh, operating systems. As、uh, w- well, several researchers are now doing. They、uh, sort of combine ChatGPT with robots. Because ChatGPT can generate procedures, so that robot can follow the procedure and operate in real physical world. So, as、uh, using language、uh, as the protocol, ChatGPT will change physical world as well.、Mm-hmm. Now we're now moving from mobile internet to AI-driven internet. It would definitely be fascinating to see what AI will bring in the next decade. It raises so many questions and makes us really think about everything. Thank you so much, guys, and we look forward to talking to you more. I'm sure in the next few years we'll talk a lot about AI. Thank you so much. That's all for today. See you next time. Bye for now. Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related: the hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world. Dida, a podcast of CGTN Radio. Go beyond headlines with reporters from around the world. Search for Deep Dive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Take a deep dive into the news every week. Hear our conversations.